Yeah, I, uh, like I said, I, you can't see me behind that pulpit. It's too big, you know, so I just will make sure I can see. <laughs> but it's great to be here tonight, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Um, just to repeat something, a couple things the pastor said. Um, God has blessed this church. I, I remember um, whenever it was, you know, I was at another church this time, and I came back. Yeah, I remember that couple of Sundays to preach over on Kingsley Avenue. My heart was breaking because, you know, uh, of the devastation that had happened, and I won't go into all that. But uh, I preached this one Sunday. I came back. I think we had um, that day. We had thirty-two, thirty-three. I forgot. Where it used to be almost packed. Do you remember that? And uh, that's how low it had gotten. And I thought, well, I'm just glad to be here. I'm glad to, to, to sharing God's word. So I, I, let's say 33. Let me exaggerate to 33, okay? And then the next Sunday, I was, they asked me you know, to come back again until they. I thought, well, it was 30 that day. I said, I'm not coming back. I'm killing the crowd, you know? So it's no. But God has blessed, God has blessed. And uh, what he said about uh, visitation, visitation is so key, it really is. Um, when I was pastoring, and also associate pastor in a couple of churches, that I love to preach, I love to teach, I love to share, I love to do all those wonderful things. Um, but my favorite thing was visiting people. I mean, you get in people at their house. This is their king or their uh, kingdom, their their castle, and um, that is their most intimate place. And when you're in there with them, you can rub shoulders with them and get to know them. So it's it's important. So uh, I'd love to tell you about a hundred visits I make, but I can't do that. But I, I visited my that big, 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 big woman I told you about last week, ninety six pounds. And today it was an exceptionally good visit because I, I took my guitar and we sang a bunch of songs. And she's very, she says, Brother Carmichael, I, I like that, I like that, you know. And, and with all her 96 pounds, I mean, she sings at the top of her lungs. And you don't get that just, you know, so visit those people. Uh, it, it's just wonderful. So tonight we're going to be looking at um, Matthew chapter 5. In verse 9, as this is the last part of the Beatitudes, and you remember, I, I share with you that uh, when it says, blessed are you, it means, you know, how happy are you, but not just, you know, you remember the song a few years back, it says, don't worry, be happy, you remember that silly song? Yeah, 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 <laughs> my accent, but I thought, I, I, I was told not to say stupid. That was stupid, you know. Uh, it, it's just not that easy. This, that's not the kind of happiness we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about the happiness that only Jesus Christ or His Holy Spirit can give. I mean, a fulfillment type of happiness. And He says, if you do this, then, and as Pastor was speaking about the other day, obedience. When we obey, there is blessing. Amen. So here, He says, these two really, the last two go together pretty well. So verse 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Let me say this. 
You cannot be a peacemaker unless you have peace. Now, the meaning of peace is really uh, uh, beautiful. There's a lady I visit. I'm not, I, I can't tell you my name. So that's HIPAA and all that kind of stuff. But her name is Irene. Yeah, I know several Irene, so that's not a big thing. And I saw her, and I said, do you know what, Miss Irene? I said, You're, do you know what your name means? She says, well, I don't know. I said, it means peace. Erenas uh, means peace. Irene. So I said, I'm going to mention your name tonight because you're a woman of peace because she has Jesus in her heart. So peacemakers, of all the things, of all the, the, the I think I have to read you this, in the past 4,000 years, only 300 of those years were without, were without major wars. We need peace. Where do we stand right now? Yeah, what's going to happen in the next little while, we don't know. But we can look to God, who is the ultimate peacemaker. And we need to put ourselves in his hands. But we really just, peace means that we have wholeness, W-H-O-L-E-N-E-S-S. We have wholeness inside if I have peace. I'm not scattered uh, with my peace. Uh, There's harmony. It, it, It means an absence of strife. If we have these because of what God gives us, if we live for Jesus, if we obey him, if we just have an intimate relationship with Jesus, in the worst of situations, we can have peace. And it only comes to him. And it's, it's if we're in harmony with God's will. Now, I read this. I think it is true. I'm not for certain, but it gets across the point. There are these bunch of artists, and there's a contest that they were having and for these artists to paint a picture, a portrait of what peace really is. You know, all these, these guys and ladies, they would, oh, this this beautiful, the calm sea, the beautiful uh, sunset, and just all oh, this just beautiful clouds. And, but you know which one won? The lady who won was going to paint a portrait of a terrible storm. I mean, a thundering, lightning, treacherous thing, you know, that it's worse than when the hurricane comes. People said, what? No, that's that's crazy. But the one who judged this said, well, you're looking at the storm. You're not looking at this beautiful, peaceful little bird over here that is not bothering at all. Is that peace? When we have Jesus, we have peace, and he takes us through the storm, doesn't he? We can have peace. I don't think I'd be as still as that bird, but I would have peace, you know. But uh, so he says, blessed are the peacemakers. Now, to be a peacemaker doesn't mean we have a peaceful, really nice disposition, great, wonderful, calm personality. That's not what we're talking about here. It's, It's not even desiring for peace. It's more than that. It's not just somebody who is easygoing, laid back. Oh, that person's, uh, he's cool, he's got peace. No, that's not true. It doesn't mean seeking to have peace at any price, even compromise. And I'll get along with you. Let me use Larry because he's a good guy. Say Larry is this guy who can't get along with anybody, he just hates my guts, you know, and he just says all they can. He gossips about me. He does all this. Stuff. He, he does all this, and 
thinking, I, I've got to be his friend. I can't stand to not have a friend. So I compromised. He said, Jake, let's just, we got to work yourself. Let's go get a beer. Let's have about 10 drinks. Well, okay, Larry, if that'll make us friends, let's do it. Is that compromise? Peace at any price. This is not what it means. No, 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 no. Peace between countries. Okay, if if we do all, give in to all the, the things that a pagan nation wants us to do in order to have peace, that's not peace, is it? So we don't we don't give in and compromise with that. It's not even avoiding trouble. It's not even uh, trying not to rock the boat. It's not even being tolerant. Well, what is peace then? Come back next week and we will answer that question. No. <laughs> Just teasing. Okay. So, but to be a peacemaker again, we must have peace. We have to be unlike the world in every way. Where peace is needed in a hospital, there's not always peace there, is there? Where peace is needed in churches, it's not always there, is it? Where peace is needed in, the, in all these places, it's just not there. Because too many people, too many people are looking at other things rather than Jesus Christ, who is the Prince of Peace. So we get into this thing called, you know, I want to do what I want to do. But peace is not, it begins with not being like the world. If I'm going to have peace and be a peacemaker, I need to begin with being like Jesus. Like I said, the Prince of Peace. We are called as a prince of, as a, um, a peacemakers to actually, let me use the word, replicate what Jesus did. And I think we'll be on our way to doing that. Now, to be a peacemaker, you see, God has given us the Holy Spirit to be able to do that. And I want to read you something I looked up this morning. The message was done before this morning, but you peacemaker is someone who experiences the peace of God first and foremost because that person is at peace with the God of peace through the Prince of Peace who indeed is our peace and who therefore seeks to live at peace with all others and proclaims the gospel of peace so that others might have joy and peace in believing. I think that's a pretty good thing, isn't it? If we are going to be peacemakers with other people, with co-workers, and all co-workers aren't, you don't get along with them, do they? It's just that way. If we're going to be a peacemaker, we have to take initiative. Now, I will, I will get along with Larry if he gets along with me first. That's not what we're talking about. But there, when there's absence of peace, it's terrible. I could tell you couple after couple after couple where on the outside they look like. Somebody pushed this button. I don't know who it was. But uh, thank you. But I've counseled so many couples. I remember even in a church where I was about 40 miles from here. This lady sang in the choir. 
beautiful voice. Sweet woman. Her husband was okay. I mean, he's, I thought he was the, the dude who was causing, I think he's causing some trouble in the marriage. But they had no peace. I saw that, you know, after, after a few months, I thought, what is going on here? And finally, he came to me. I thought, whoa, that's different. He came because his wife had already had two affairs. Well, you know, that shocked me. But they did not have peace. Peace comes from the heart. And the heart which is softened to God, that God has softened, is going to be the heart that God is going to use to cause peace in a place. Wherever you are, you need to make a, be a peacemaker, don't you? Um, and there's some people I pray for. And again, I mentioned, I mentioned Brother Reese, the chaplain at the hospital in, in Orange Park. I pray for him so much because he gets in situations where there is no peace, where people are cursing God, where people are blaming God, where people are doing all these things because they're in the middle of a crisis. My granny is dying. My husband had a wreck and, you know, he was drunk and, and he's dealing with these things, you know. But praise God that he, God gives us the ability to touch people's life when they aren't experiencing peace. So I want to be a peacemaker. I really do. It says the reward here is this. You be the sons or the, the children of God. If we're children of God, we have the Holy Spirit in us. We have an eternal place in God's kingdom. And all the Sermon on the Mount is about the king, the rules or the instructions for the, being in the kingdom of God. So if we have an eternal place in God's kingdom and we act like kingdom members and kingdom residents and soldiers of the king, Guess what? We are going to be peacemakers. You see, we shall be called the sons of God or the, or the children of God. Are you, aren't you glad to be a, a child of God? Amen. You have that peace. And God's given you the ability to share this with other people. That's why I just love sharing Christ with people. I love sharing. I, I can tell you about several people I meet just in hospice as a chaplain. Where they're just miserable. They say, I just can't die. Oh, I just, you know, well, I don't want to die either. What have I got to lose, though, you know? Or to me, to live as Christ and to die as gain. But it is wonderful to see a person, and like this particular man, it was two weeks before he died. He was miserable. He was miserable the four months I'd already been visiting him. And I spoke with him, like, on this November day, and when I came back the next week, I mean, the first time, he, he was just miserable, out of his mind miserable. And he just gave his wife a rough way to go, and she was doing all she could for him. But I left a word of the gospel with him this one time. He said, no, 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 But you know, the next week when I came back, he was incoherent. He was semi-comatose, I would guess you could say. But his wife said to me, guess what? Oh, guess what? She was smiling. I'm thinking, man, this guy's miserable. And she's smiling. She said, Whatever you said, right after you left, he got saved. And I think, wow. I mean, I, I thought I'd lost. I mean, he lives right back in the woods, back in Interlocking. You may know where Interlocking is? Get lost easily. But if you live down there, it's Interlocking, okay? Bubba? Okay. So, but it, 
we have we can be instruments of leading people to experience God's peace that God wants them to have. Those who follow Christ faithfully as His children, we can demonstrate this peace to others and cause them just to really want it. Now I want us to look at the next couple of verses, and this is about those who are persecuted. Let me say this. If we live faithfully to God, as the Scripture says, we're going to be persecuted. You say, well, I've never really been persecuted, or will we really have persecution in America? Oh, yes. Persecution can come up from anything but making fun of you, ridiculing you, embarrassing you in front of non-Christian people, calling you out, even firing you from a job because you are a Christian. And I'll share with it with you what's happened to me. Oh, my. But I'm going to say again, whatever, and I'm not a Mr. Big Brave Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, get it on my face. You know, I'm not that kind of person. I'm just jakey. That's all I am. And, and then I, I mean, never fear to take a stand for Jesus Christ, regardless of the cost. And last week, again, Again, I was told, when you pray at this thing, do not pray in the name of Jesus. What else can I do? Is there another way to approach the Lord Jesus Christ and God Almighty? And when I pray, I can say all these words and say, amen, and, and you know, I sound real good. But I'm praying in the authority and the power and for the reputation of Jesus Christ. I was dreading. I was dreading this time when I was supposed to have a prayer again. But I told him, I said, that's no. Sorry. So I, and I told a couple of my workers last week as well as I did last year. I said, honestly, I said, Pray for me because I probably will be looking for another job. And, and uh, I'm trying not to be bad here. I'm just taking a stand for Jesus because He's my Lord God. The big boss comes in, and the second in command comes in. The ones who told me not to pray in the name of Jesus, I said, God, it's okay. I had not a smidgen of fear. I just read looking for another job, you know. And uh, they came. One was friendly. One showed himself and got mad and left before everything started. I thought, oh, God, you made that real easy this time, you know. I, I said, God, you answered prayer in funny ways. You know, I didn't expect that. But I but we will be called upon to deny our Jesus. So I just encourage you. And don't don't look at me as somebody look at Mr. Big Jakey. I'm not. I'm not. We're just servants of God. Persecute here means to pursue, to chase after something, uh, like hounds chasing the fox and, 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 and just chasing it to the ground and, 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 and kill it. It means something like... Uh, when you catch something, it's like being thrown in the teeth of a lion, something like that. 
So when you say persecution, we're talking about something which is really tough. Now, I remember, if anybody, let's see, what do we call it? Coonbrag. What's a coonbrag? Well, you ain't been to Kentucky. You ain't been, you know. A coonbrag is when you take a raccoon, you put it on a, this is awful, inhumane, you, a log out there in the middle of a pond, uh, and he's out there all by himself, and they have these coon dogs, and all these dignified Kentucky rednecks around here, with, and then the object is, which dog can go out there and get that coon and get it by the neck, and which will kill it, and bring it back? That sounds like fun. It's exciting. Why do I have a warped mind, you know? But I... But what happens is that the, the, the coon will scratch these guys' eyes out. I mean, they're vicious with their teeth, their claws. That's what I thought of. That's what I thought of when I, I thought of being persecuted. Something like that. Now, the people in these days, they were basically in the clutches of the vicious Roman Empire. Uh, they were being assaulted. They were being... Uh, Jesus... Jesus has a, had a spiritual kingdom. That's what he brought. And the Messiah brought total peace and total victory. But they needed another kind of king, didn't they? They were looking for a nationalistic type of king. They needed deliverance. But those who were faithful Christians unto God, guess what people like Nero did? Mm-hmm. Talk about real persecution. Um, and I would say this. They were being persecuted for righteousness' sake. We will be persecuted, ridiculed, whatever, for righteousness' sake. And it could cost us financially, socially, and otherwise. So, again, it's not, a, it's, it's, it's not if we're persecuted, it's when. How lightly or how great, but it's, it, it's hap- it happens or it may, may happen again, I just don't know. But Christ-likeness will always be persecuted. Always. Um. I did a little project the other day, and I had a reason for doing this. I did a personality study on Nero. Fine. But, you know, he was the guy. He would throw, throw Christians to the lions. You know, put, he would put the, the skins over them and uh, animal skins, and they would come out and be devoured. He'd do all the, burn them to the stake and, and all these kinds of things. When I look at the personality uh, profile, this one person kind of said, we just don't understand Nero. Why? When he would, just look at how he was raised with a domineering, overpowering, bossy mama. And, and he was just kind of come out of that. Well, he, he, and I would say, I put in a trash here, trash here. No, he was just a devil. I mean, he's demonic. So, but he was persecuting all these innocent people, and they were taking their stand for Jesus Christ. He wasn't too bad. I mean, he had, had his mother killed, had some senators killed, had his first wife killed so he could marry this really young lady, like 19, eh, had her killed. He, was, he wasn't real bad, you know, just occasional kind of, you know, emotional upsets. Well, folks... Do we see that today? You ever heard of what goes on in Islamic countries? Now, ask you a question. 
is I asked me, myself, would you go to an Islamic country? <laughs> yeah, I said, that's what I said to I said, God hadn't called me to that. That's a poor excuse, but he hasn't. But if he does, I will go. I mean, I, like I said, I... When I left Kentucky, I did. I, I, I was going. To, I came to foreign missions in Florida. I found out Kentucky was a foreign, <laughs> was a foreign country. <laughs> but, uh, but we will be, we'll be called to take a stand for Christ, and we have to be uh, lights of Christ. Now, note this: we need to go where there is darkness. Okay, we need to go where there is darkness where there may be trouble, where there may be uh, a possibility of persecution, ridicule, and all that. Because that's where the light shines bright. You see, you, I didn't realize this until a few years ago, that there are people who would just reject Jesus and reject us and everything, but they're really searching. They really are. They want the peace I just talked about a few minutes ago. They want, they want God. No, they don't. Some know him pretty well. They talk about him a lot. You know what I'm saying? And then, but God can use some situations to help us to be the light. So where there is darkness, that's where we need to go. Hebrews 11.36 says, The godly will suffer. In the book of Acts, there are 56 references to persecution. Wow. We, 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 uh, I believe that we need to follow the model of the New Testament church, don't you? This model, hmm, do we want to follow the persecution? Let's just take our stand for God. And we need to realize this, that we're never outside the protection of God Almighty. God is omnipresent, isn't he? If I go to the deepest, darkest part of whatever place in the world it is, God's there. God is already there, and God is already at work there. Maybe he just needs us as his instruments to touch their lives. It says, your reward is the kingdom of heaven. Well, the kingdom of heaven is present, and it will be culminated or fulfilled in the future as we know. But in the kingdom, what do we have? We have love, peace, joy, patience all these things, the fruit of the Spirit. We have all these beautiful things that we can experience, and especially if we are going to obey God. God didn't say, okay, go and be, go down and be persecuted. He didn't say that. But when we are, we can have joy. How in the world could some of these, you know, I've read in church history, if you've read about some of these people who were persecuted and burned at the stake, and the last words that they said, I'm thinking, are you for real? Yeah. I'd rather die for Jesus than die because it makes me look good, okay? If we die for Jesus and I pray that it doesn't happen that way, God will say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've heard Dominique Rodriguez my twin brother, he, uh, he shared with you that his goal is to eventually go to the Islamic country. And he expects to possibly be martyred. 
Now, he isn't looking for that. It is something he just wakes up and says, oh, I hope it's the day that I'm martyred. You know, but he wants to die being faithful. God hadn't called me to that. <laughs> no, but, and I admire this man. I admire this man. But it can happen just as easily here in this country, can it? Haven't we had a few shootings in over the years? Um, Columbine and other places. They were martyred because they took a stand for Jesus. So I, I want us to look in verses 11 and 12 because it kind of it, this kind of concludes this era, this uh, uh, that persecution. It says, "Blessed are you." Now, by the way. Through the rest of the Beatitudes, he says, Blessed are those who... Now he says, You. Uncle Sam, you know, years ago, I want you. Am I telling my age? Um, But here he says, Blessed are you when others revile you, persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for they persecuted the prophets... Who were before you. Was Jesus a prophet? Yes. Prophet, priest, and king. So, when we face assaults, uh, be faithful to God because God wants that. Jesus took persecution for us, and we didn't even deserve it. While we were yet sinners, what did Jesus do? He died for us. For righteousness' sake, it may happen with us. Now, when he says your joy, you have this great joy, remember that God is with us. Now, when I die, I've honestly, I don't know if God answered this prayer, maybe, maybe not. I said, Lord, just give me, before I die, just to be conscious enough, just just to have about a minute of prayer with you. I like to pray as I go out. You know, and talk to you as I go in, you know. And it may be because it may have been at the time of death. I don't know. But when we are persecuted, he says, people, when they revile you in whatever ways that may happen, be faithful to God. I would hate it if, if, if when somebody, when, if someone said, if you deny Jesus, you can live. If you still claim Jesus, I'm going to kill you. What would we do? And I'm here to tell you, I would say, I would try to lead that person to Christ that would listen to him. And I'd say, no, Jesus died for you and me. I'm not denying him. Maybe that'll, Holy Spirit use that. I don't know. But I feel that if, he, if somebody said that to me, I think he'd say, oh, you just denied him. Anyhow, I don't trust them. So, folks, in everyday life, do y'all come across people who don't like Christians? They don't respect Christians. Even in my work, I met a couple of you. Should hear some of the language they use, and I, I, I don't, I don't say I'm better, and you should do it around me. But I don't care. Even when I used to be a rat, and used about every curse word that you can think. When I got around my pastor, or I got around somebody who's a good Christian, 
I'd respect them enough. So if you can't respect somebody like that, you know, what's that say? But we need to be examples before them because they are going to do these things. So just be faithful to God. And I don't think, I don't think I'm preaching. I, I do believe I'm preaching to the choir. But ask God for courage. Ask God for strength. And then, you know, if, if we, uh, and I'll say this, I'm done. If we deny Jesus, what if, what if that moment he came back, you wouldn't even have time to say, uh-oh. If we're threatened by things and we don't take a stand, what does God say? Because God sees everything we do. He knows our heart. And I am thankful to God that he gives us strength to represent Jesus. I want to be Jesus to people, don't you? Let's be peacemakers. Let's be people who take a, who take a strong stand. And I would be not humanly proud, but I would be glad to say I died for Jesus because I was faithful. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much.